Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at pjordansec. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. Well, everybody, welcome into the Friday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports, a football Friday. As always, I am joined by Matt Lowe. Check him out over at fieldlevelmedia.com, where he covers Auburn, Georgia, the Atlanta Falcons, jumps on a bunch of different football stuff. So we're going to jump into some colleges, some NFL games here today. But Matt, uh, once again, I appreciate you coming on and uh, hope you've had a good week. I have, man. Uh, it was interesting, you know. As we go on in college football and the NFL, it's just like it's a comedy of errors with these coaching decisions. Uh, for instance, I was watching the Buffalo Toledo game Tuesday night, and this guy, the Buffalo coach, did a tush push on fourth and three in his own territory. I'm like, what are you doing? So – I, 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 it just it blows my mind. But uh, I tell you, one coach that's going to be a really hot commodity this offseason is Lance Leopold. Mm-hmm. After uh, Kansas, I mean, to build Kansas up to what he's done with that program, I mean, in the big upset win, uh, uh, he's going to be a real hot commodity. And I think if he gets a big time job, he's going to be a force. Yeah, what was it? Last year they were undefeated. I think the game day went there when they played Duke. I believe they were both undefeated. Uh, their quarterback, Daniels, then, I mean, before he got hurt last year, they were they were one of the best teams in the Big 12 last year. Yes, and he also built Buffalo up to be a pretty big-time program. I think they have maybe had an undefeated season with him there, uh, maybe had one loss. I, I don't re- remember exactly, but you're talking about building a Buffalo program up and then – I'm not sure if Alex uh, uh, Khalil Mack was there when he was there or not, but I, I don't think that was him. But but now you're building Kansas up, which Kansas was awful. I mean, awful. And I just – when you do that to two programs, you're doing something right. Yeah, especially ones that aren't used to winning. I mean, let's be honest. Kansas fans are just used to just wait until basketball season. Uh, that's kind of what they're known for. But I don't want anybody to start getting on to me to say, hey, back at the studio, tell Philip Jordan we're not a basketball school like what happened with Dave Doran with NC State on Saturday. But, uh, I, yeah, you know, while we're looking back at last week, man, we're not talking about Clemson, but, man, Clemson 4-4, four four, Dabo Sweeney going off on a caller on his coach's show. Uh, things, things aren't good there with uh, the Clemson Tigers. No, and he tends to do that a good bit. I mean, he's, it's like he points fingers at, at, at things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but what that it also goes to show, like, how good Nick Saban has been when he's lost so many co- good coaches. 
I mean, and and Dabo lost a lot of great coaches over the last couple of years. So, I mean, it's tough to replace guys that are really good at calling plays. Yeah, it is. It is. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, we're going to jump into, man, week 10. It's week 10, Matt. I, I, I can't believe it. And uh, I'll let everybody know we've got a lot of SEC stuff on here and one ACC, Florida State. So that's kind of where we're going to go with the college stuff. And uh, we're going in order for when they kick off. Uh, Texas A&M, 5-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in the SEC, will be at Ole Miss, 7-1, and 4-1. One, one. This is 11 a.m. ESPN. Ole Miss is a three-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under is 54-and-a-half. I'm very intrigued by this game. We know both teams want to run the ball, obviously. And last week, I thought early on against South Carolina, A&M, they got pressure. They got pressure on A&M early, but then uh, Max Johnson just lit them up there for most of the second half, and they pulled away. And I will say this for Ole Miss, cover an eye Smith and don't punt to them. That's the most important thing I can tell you to right. do uh, this Saturday. Uh, what's your thoughts on this game? I, to be honest with you, I don't know. I think I, I think this either one of these teams can win this game. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, I, I I still think Texas A&M's got a good football team, and they just lost some tough games. And that that defensive front that they have, anytime you got a good defensive front like that, they can they can wreak a havoc on a, on an opponent. So, but being at home here, I, I like Ole Miss, but I think this is going to be a nail biter, and, and I think A&M could sneak out a win, but I'm going to go with Ole Miss at home. You know, you talked about the sack thing. Uh, A&M leads the SEC with 33 sacks. Ole Miss is number two with 30. So, we're, we're, we got the best two teams. I think a lot of people is going to look at this, especially with the Ole Miss side of things, and probably say, okay, there's some playmakers on both teams on offense. This could be a high-scoring game. You know, at 54-and-a-half, Maybe this game is more like in the 20s. Um, I, I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I, they're at home. Um, and just, you know, I guess I, in a way I trust them a little more. I think Jackson Dart's played great this year. You know, I've had to come off my criticism of him. But I, I feel like this could be a lower-scoring game than what people probably would imagine. Yeah, and when you think of Ole Miss, everybody instantly thinks of offense. Lane Kiffin, uh-huh. fast pace running 80 plays a game, but their defense is good. Mm-hmm. They got some good athletes. I mean, J.J. Pegues is, is a really good defensive lineman. Uh, tennis in there at safety. I mean, they got some good players. And I will say this about Ole Miss, too. They don't mind coming up and hitting you. I mean, Mm-mm. so their defense is pretty aggressive. So, I'm with you. I think this is probably going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, and, you know, those 11 o'clock games are always tricky. It's just – Yes, they are. Are, are you still – or are you still yeah, half you asleep? Who's, who's 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 awake? You know, <laughs> per se. It, 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 hey, it's not. It's the fans too, because some of them are you know still half asleep or haven't got any sleep. Uh, you know, yes. from the Friday night before going into a Saturday. Another uh, eleven o'clock game. We got a three eleven o'clock game we're talking about here in the SEC. Two and six Arkansas. Zero and five in the SEC. Coming off, they were off last week. They will be at Florida, who lost to Georgia there, 5-3, three, 3-2 three in SEC play, 11 o'clock, ESPN2. Florida is a six-point favorite. The over-under is 50. Now, when you opened up, Matt, and talked about coaches making decisions, I bit my tongue because I wanted to wait till we got to this game. You watched the Georgia-Florida game, correct? Most of it, yeah. You know where I'm going with this. That fourth down play, they called, where – Merch went under center and they snapped it between him to the running back. 
I have no issue with you going for it. But I'm sorry. That was a dumb play call with that one. Yeah. Because you probably could have got it with a quarterback sneak or a tush push with merch. I, I, I felt like Florida overthought that one. Billy Napier overthought that one. And I think that was the spiral that the downward spiral in that game for Florida. It started it because then you had the turnovers and then the block punt. Just it just next thing you know, Georgia was running away with it. I mean, Florida came out first possession and went right down the field on them. Yeah, yeah. And and what those types of plays do is they suck the life out of you. Mm -hmm. The momentum. I mean, because when you're playing a team like a Georgia or like going back to the Oregon Washington game. You know when he didn't kick the field goals. I mean, Oregon could be Oregon should be in the top four right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're. I just don't under. Just I don't understand, Philip. I mean, I, I don't, man. And I'm. You know, it, it, it's like these guys. They've just bought into this analytics stuff, hook, sink, and ladder, and like you get cute. It's like being in the shotgun when it's fourth and one. You're five yards back behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, like, hey, I understand it if you have the. Philadelphia Eagles offensive line and Jalen Hurts, or you know, or somebody like you got a really good offensive line, you got a big physical quarterback. Maybe mm-hmm. I get it, but I just don't understand, man. And and they those types of plays will suck the life out of your team because you drive down the field, you scored right out of the gate, you scored, look great right out of the gate, and then had a chance to score again, and you don't. So. Yeah, but and, and they look at this matchup with Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is desperate for a win. Arkansas loses this. This is their seventh loss, guaranteed losing losing record this year. Uh, despite what you do next, you got Auburn coming into Arkansas next week too. And you know, look at Florida. I mean, they have played well. Graham Mertz has played well this year. I mean, look, they played bad against Georgia, but I just think it just snowballed on them. It just everything just went wrong that could go wrong, basically in that second quarter. I like Florida here because Florida can run the ball. I think defensively they're normally pretty good. They're at home. And Florida plays much better at home than they do away. They have shown that all year long, how good they are in games. Well, they're very tough to beat there. And I just don't know where Arkansas's at. I mean, they got KJ Jefferson, but that's basically it. They're not disciplined penalties. They can't run the ball. They can't block. They lost seven to three to Mississippi State, for goodness sake. So I, I like the Gators here. I like the Gators to win this one probably by 10 points, 10, 14 points. I'm going to go opposite of you here because I, I think Arkansas is going to be desperate for a win. They, they pretty. This is a must-win game for them. I don't know where Florida's head's going to be after that loss last week. Uh, so, I mean, Arkansas has shown at times potential to score with people, and I think this is going to be one of those games that they come out and their offense is doing pretty well. So, I'm going to roll with Arkansas to get a win. 27, 24, something like that. That'd be interesting. Be interesting. Like we said, these 11 o'clock games, you never know. Uh, here's another one. This will be on ESPNU. The Battle of the Gamecocks. I believe the first ever meeting between these two programs in football. Jacksonville State, who is 72, but cannot go to a bowl game this year. Their first year transition over into FBS, playing at South Carolina, who's also 2-6, and six, looking to avoid that seventh loss. South Carolina is a 15.5-point favorite. The over-under is 55. I think South Carolina wins this one. I'm about to pull a Lee Corso, though, but closer than the experts think. Uh, Jacksonville State's played well. They played good ball this year. Um, they played a lot of weekday games. So I've actually been able to catch a little bit of them uh, this season. But uh, it's just 
South Carolina was one of the teams, I think, coming into the year, everybody, thought, okay, everybody knew Georgia was going to win the East. But maybe after Tennessee, this could have been one of these teams that could come in third. But now that they just – it to me, it's Spencer Rattler, and pretty much that's it. Uh, there's nothing else on this team. It's just really disappointing year for, for that team in South Carolina. Yeah, and I've, I've got, I'm like I'm with you. I've gotten a chance to watch Jacksonville State a couple of times. They lost they lost to Liberty and they lost to Coastal Carolina, and those are two pretty good teams. They mm-hmm. play good defense. They kind of swarm around that three three five stack they run. Uh, Zion Webb's a really good quarterback. I mean, a dual mm-hmm. threat guy. They run the ball well. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I I just don't trust South Carolina, and I haven't. You know they burned me a couple of times, and I just I just don't trust them. I think they'll get a win, but it would not surprise me if Jacksonville State goes in there and gives them all they want. Because yeah, I mean, they Jacksonville State they they run different stuff schematically that's a yeah. little different than other people, and uh, I, I, think this, I think it's gonna be a tough game. Oh, oh, Rich Rodriguez. Oh yeah, yeah, and he right. that guy's won a lot of big games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows how to coach on the field. We know that. And then, remember, they almost beat Auburn one year. Uh, that was a long time ago, but I'm just saying Auburn's never going to schedule them again uh, because of that. I was um, in the press box that game, covering that game. And, yeah, because uh, everybody was like, yeah, Auburn's going to destroy him and destroy him. And, dude, they, <laughs> those receivers they had that day, were they went off, man. That was, I was really impressed with that team that, that day. Yeah, that was the uh, the fame. That was under glass, season. right? When he the head coach soon. I thought Chiswick was at Auburn. That was the Chiswick. Yeah, yeah, Glass was the head coach at Jacksonville State. I think. I think so too. I have to I have to go back and look at that. I just remember almost beating them, and that's probably why you'll never see Auburn play Troy or South Alabama or something like that, just because just a, that fear that they could rise up and, and beat them. So. But uh, so we both got South Carolina on that one. This is an interesting game coming up: Missouri at Georgia, two thirty on CBS. Georgia comes into this one as a fifteen and a half point favorite. The over under is fifty four and a half on this one. You know, last year this was the team that came the closest during the regular season to beating Georgia. I mean, Georgia had to come back in the second half, but that was in Missouri. This is going to be in Athens this time, and you. You're probably pretty sure that Kirby Smart's got their attention this week because of what happened last year. And look, let's just call it what it is. They're not ranked number one in the rankings. Kirby Smart can say we don't pay attention to all he wants. You know he's probably going to use this as a little bit, bit of motivation. We know the coaches will do that. Hey, they don't think you guys are any good. They don't think you can win without Brock Bowers. That's probably was a message going into last week. You know, remember last year, they thought you guys were going to six and six. Nobody thought Georgia was going to six and six last year, Kirby Smart. Nobody. Oh, uh, but Missouri's got weapons. They got a good quarterback, Brady Cook. You got Luther Burden, one of the best receivers. Uh, Cody Schrader's a good running back. It's been shown that you can move the ball on this Georgia defense. This is not like the previous two years. And I, I feel like I'm going to say what I said about the South Carolina and Jacksonville State. I think it's closer than people think. I think Missouri's going to come in this game and keep this thing competitive. Well, I, I, th- I thought Florida would do that last week, and, and uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. So, that that game last year was at night too in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So anytime you play on the road at night anywhere, it's a lot tougher to win. Uh, I, I think I think this is a statement game for Georgia, and just kind of like last week, and, and you know because everybody was talking about how last week Florida was going to hang with Georgia and all this and this and that. But I think this is a statement game for the Bulldogs, and I I, I think they'll win it at least by seventeen points. 
I mean, I think Missouri's a good team, uh, but w- when Georgia's focused and they're mad, look out. And I, I think I think they'll be focused this week. Yeah, perhaps the bye week they had the week before was probably the worst thing for everybody else. Uh, because look, and they've got they still got Ole Miss and you've got Tennessee on the schedule, and then Georgia Tech too. But I look, I know Georgia Tech just beat North Carolina, so and they're doing a lot better over there than they had been doing. Of the two, let's just talk about this coming up: Tennessee or Ole Miss. Who do you think would have the better shot? Now the Tennessee game is in Knoxville. Ole Miss, I believe, is in Athens. But of those two, do you think either of those two could threaten Georgia? I think Tennessee probably uh, – the reason why I say Tennessee – I mean, I know both of them are – Ole Miss and Tennessee both like to run the ball. But uh, I, I think being in, in Knoxville is is more of an advantage for Tennessee than Ole Miss going on the road over there and beating them. So I would probably give the edge to Tennessee there to, to maybe perhaps pull the upset. But, I mean, I will say this, Carson Beck – He's playing really good football. Mm-hmm. And that guy's a good player. I mean, and, and uh, Oscar Delp stepped up. You know, Kendall Milton kind of showed up last week, you know, in the run game. And he's a veteran guy that that if you watch closely to Georgia's running game, they're using multiple guys. So not there's not one big bell cow. I know Dewan Edwards has has really got the lead of the carries and the in the yards, but Kirby's keeping those running backs fresh, and he's doing it for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right. Carson Beck has played great this year. And I honestly, showed me a lot in the Auburn game because that was one where, you know, Georgia had to step up. He had to make some big throws. I mean, yes, I mean, it's easy to throw Brock Bowers. But, you know, that was another thing with the game at Florida. I was interested to see, okay, who's going to be his safety net? Who's the guy he's going to look to? And it made sense. Lad McConkie, that guy's – been playing college football what for 10 years now it feels like uh but he's the guy you go to i mean the other receivers are probably more physically gifted than he is but you can rely on him and that's what it seemed like carson beck did that he's the new safety net with brock bowers not being there yeah and mcconkey he's been banged up with a back injury and i think mm-hmm. he's finally healthy and he's kind of like a little west welker man i mean he all he does is catch passes and then all he does is cut up field and score touchdowns i mean so but, yeah, I mean, and, and to Beck's credit, too, against Auburn and then some of the bigger games, hey, you still got to hit the guy that's open. You know, there's a lot of – like I watched the Raiders game and uh, the other night, and, and actually was a Monday night, and Garoppolo missed Devontae Adams wide open like three times. I mean, so the quarterback still, still got to hit the receiver when they're open. Yeah, that's probably a big reason why he's not the quarterback anymore, Aiden O'Connell is, and why – uh, Josh McDaniels is no longer the head coach with the Raiders. So, mm. you got to get the ball to Devontae Adams. Uh, we, we've seen yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that guy's kinda... too good. I mean, that'd be overthrowing him by 10 yards. I mean, come on, man. You're in the NFL. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Florida State, we're going to jump into the ACC for a moment here. They will be at Pittsburgh. Look, 230 ESPN. Florida State is 21 and a half point favorite. The over under 51. Florida State beat Wake Forest last week, 41-16. to 16. It didn't ever feel that close. The Wake Forest offense just could not do anything. I, look, I think Florida State's going to win this thing by three or four touchdowns. The only thing I worry about is, is are they sloppy? Because next week they play Miami, and that will be a bigger, more game for them, more energy involved. It's a rivalry game. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, they should cover that, and they should easily beat Pittsburgh in this one. Yeah, Pat Narduzzi's always a 
pretty good at scheming teams up, you know, at Pittsburgh. Uh, but and I, and I they they're capable on offense somewhat. But I don't. I'm with you. I don't think they can hang with FSU unless FSU is thinking the next week. I mean, what I want to see FSU do to, down the stretch here is to really start blowing people out mm-hmm. because they have that kind of talent, and you want to put the pedal to the metal down down the stretch. Yeah, that's the interesting thing with them. We talk about Georgia, some teams they have coming up. But you look at Florida State, uh, you've got Miami next week. And then, of course, at the end of the year, you've got Florida, uh, which those are some big rivalry games. And just looking at the ACC, I mean, North Carolina now has two losses. We know Clemson's out of it at 4-4 four and four now. Um, Duke looks, you know, they've got two losses. On, I mean, it looks like Louisville right now is the number two team in the ACC, kind of how, how it's being played out. Yeah, and surprisingly, you know, I mean, I don't think many people thought that, but uh, they, they've been posting some impressive wins. And, it, you know, you look at Jordan Travis, I mean, he's thrown for 2,109 yards, 18 touchdowns, and two interceptions. I don't know what his rushing stats are, but, I mean, he hasn't posted the numbers of Penix and Bo Nix and those guys, but, I mean, I, I think he's ever much in the – I think he's in the Heisman race. I mean, because – Say he goes out and throws for 400 yards against Miami, which Miami's a capable team. When they when they're on when they're on on offense, they're a tough team to beat. You know, uh, so if he can do that and then, you know, play well in the ACC championship game, play well at Florida, which those are two like attention games, mm-hmm. he he could sneak up into the Heisman race. Yeah, they're uh, they're ranked four in the playoff. But yeah, and another thing I liked what they did against Wake Forest watching that game, Trey Benson, their running back, was more involved in the passing game. Uh hit him with a big screen pass that he took a long ways. He had a big gain on that one. So the things they have done with him that they got so many weapons on Florida State. You got Trey Benson running back. Then you've got Coleman at receiver. You got Johnny Wilson when healthy. Um, you got Bell at tight end, offensive line saw. Defensively, they've got guys. I mean, we know what Jared Verse can do and all the other guys that got over there. I mean, so Florida State, they, they looked a part of a championship team, not just conference champion, but national title. And I feel like maybe some teams or some people may kind of like, not, to a sense, sleep on Florida State because we talk about Ohio State, we talk about Michigan, Georgia, and some of these other teams in Washington with Penix. But if Florida State's right there, I think any of those teams, if they meet up with Florida State, they're going to be in, in for a game. Yeah, and think, think how impressive their win over LSU was now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they whipped LSU in the second half. I mean, so. And wouldn't you say the only mean, team to really stop the LSU offense so far? Huh? And really the closest team that's come to stopping the LSU offense. Yeah, for a half. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think FSU will be if, – if they make the playoff, okay, I think they'll be one of those teams that they'll probably be an underdog, and they're going to be one of those teams, all right, all right, let's go prove what we can do. And those types of teams are dangerous, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with the talent that they have. Hey, you know, and I'll say this on Florida State, too, and we'll move on to the next game. The way they use Jordan Travis in the run game against Duke in the second half – I think that's something they they don't need to do that every week, but against Miami, against Florida, ACC championship game, in the big moments, they need to do that because that adds another element to their game. And I I don't think they're running Jordan Travis as much this year. I understand why you don't want them getting hurt. But when they add that element to their game, that even makes them even tougher to stop. And a lot of teams aren't going to be wanting to deal with that too. Yeah, and if you remember back to that LSU game, he, he made a lot of plays with his legs. 
Mm-hmm. And and I, look, man, I, I see a lot on Saturdays where, where quarterbacks, they hand the ball off and they got 25 yards on the right side or the left side. I mean, that's that's such a big – it makes you really, really hard to uh, defend when your quarterback can run the football really well. Yeah, yeah, it, it just adds – it's just like I said, it's just another element that you got to deal with. And then he's a good enough quarterback where he can always get you with a play action or RPO and throw the top of you with those receivers. 96.9 The Legend is your connection to classic country legend but Digio Strategies has other options too News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows like Rick and Bubba in the morning Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m. and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity Lars Larson Ben Shapiro Matt Walsh and others fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices America at night and coast to coast am keep you company and connected throughout the night plus fox news the alabama radio network and wiregrass daily news keep you informed with national international state and local news and with more musical choices like all the hits 1067 kmx today's country 95.5 wtvy and music 1077 digio strategies gives you more choices and more variety listen on air online and on our apps 96.9 the legend is just the beginning Talk about throwing a ball. At three o'clock on the SEC network, we have the four and four Auburn Tigers going to Vanderbilt, who is two and seven. Auburn's a 12 and a half point favorite in this one. The over under is 49. Matt, especially in the first half last week against Mississippi State, who is that and what had they done with the Auburn Tigers? Talking about Peyton Thorne. Yeah. Look like a different player, man. I mean, stuck oh, yeah. with him, you know. I mean, and that's, you know, that's what we've talked about. I mean, some you can't really get into a rhythm when you're pulled out every other play. I mean, mm-hmm. and he just looked more comfortable. I thought the game plan was good. They attacked downfield a little bit more. Uh, I will say this about Vanderbilt: they're they are a pretty capable team offensively. I mean, they can score some points. They scored some points on Georgia. I think this is a game where Auburn. You know, they don't need to say, hey, it's Vanderbilt. We can go in there and beat them. But you, you definitely like what you saw from Peyton Thorne. I mean, and, and that's what I was expecting the whole time. I mean, a guy came into Auburn. I think he started like 29 games. That's a lot of college games to start. Mm-hmm. So or 26, 29, whatever it was. But, yeah, I mean, just looked that much better. And, and finally, Jarquez Hunter is getting involved more too. So, I mean, I think if Auburn wins this game. I, I, I think it could be like a 34-17 game. I think some points are going to be scored. Uh, but I like Auburn to go on the road and get a win. Oh, I do, too. I like Auburn this one, too. And, look, you win this when you get to five. And then, you, look, New Mexico State, you're going to win. So, you're going to go to a bowl game. Let's just go ahead and call it that. Next week when they go to Fayetteville, that's going to be tough. Another 3 o'clock game on SEC Network. Let's say they win that one. Just think of this team rides in to the Iron Bowl, which will be a home game at Jordan-Hare Stadium with four straight wins. And, look, we're going to get to Alabama in a second with their matchup with LSU. We don't know where Alabama's going to be at. But either way, we know how this rivalry goes when the game is at Jordan-Hare. Alabama may win it, but they always have a dogfight with Auburn. I'm telling you, Matt, if they, if they roll in with four straight wins, look out for the Auburn Tigers. They're going to be a very confident team. Yeah, and, and you have momentum going into the to the bowl season and to the offseason and, and and Auburn's recruiting at a high level right now. 
You know, so that it's, it's all that's very important because you're trying to build your program and you're trying to lay the blueprint and the groundwork. Uh, and every time a kid shows up to that stadium and it's packed out and it's on national television, that's a major selling point. So, yeah, it's 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 a big deal. And, and I don't think Auburn will beat Alabama per se, but. I haven't thought they were going to beat them a couple of times these past couple of years, and they've come real close. So uh, you never know what happens in that stadium. And if the game's at night, it'll probably be a 2.30 game. Uh, but if it's the game's at night, it, you know, who knows what can happen in that stadium at night. Oh, yeah, we, we know what, what you know, Jordan Hare is. It's, it's, a, it's, a different, uh, it's a different entity in his own self. And I, I know and Freeze has kind of gotten some criticism. The conservative play calling in the second half. And I was watching a uh, part of his press conference on Monday and he got asked about it and he did make some good points. He said, look, in the first, in the second half, we only, they only got the ball once in the third quarter and they scored a kick a field goal. And then they had some really bad field position there in the fourth quarter. And he, he told the reporter who asked him that, I think I know which one it was. I'm not going to say here, but he said, oh, why don't y'all come up here and tell me what's being more aggressive than what we were, uh, you know, with freeze. So, I think, yeah, as I was watching the game, I was like, man, they're being conservative. But then when I go back and look at the situations they're in, I kind of understand it. You have a more than one touchdown lead. You're trying to protect your defense. You don't want to put them in a bad spot. He did mention, too, he didn't want to be careless down there near the end zone. Like, if you throw a pick six, boom, Mississippi State's got momentum. So, I don't know. He's got a good point there on why he was conservative there in the second half. Yeah, and I mean – Look, here's the thing, Philip. Nobody plays field position games anymore. There, everybody goes for it on fourth and one, or it don't matter if they're in their own territory or whatever. That goes to show you pin people back down in their own territory. Life is difficult for them for mm-hmm. a little bit. Maybe, especially if they're on that other team's on the road. You know, in the, they're behind, they're in the uh, student fan base section. You know, and the crowds lie, the bands lie. I mean, so it's smart football. You know, it goes back to common sense football. We play if you play smart football, you're usually going to win, especially if you have better talent than the other team. And then that I just people aren't playing smart football anymore. Yeah, like you said, back to analytics stuff. I mean, kind of it's it's dumb. It blows my mind how dumb it is. Kentucky at Mississippi State. That's the next one. Kentucky's lost three in a row since starting five and zero. And the Mississippi State now they're sitting at four and four. Six thirty on the SEC Network. Kentucky's a three and a half point favorite. The over under is forty six. I'm going to go Kentucky because I don't. We don't know what's the status of Will Rogers if he's going to be playing in this one. And look, I just their offense is very very limited uh, with Mike Wright at quarterback. Devin Leary actually played his best game as a Wildcat against Tennessee. The defense just couldn't stop him, especially on a run. He was 28 of 39 for 372, two touchdowns, 72% in the game. So if he can keep that up, I think Kentucky sh- should get a win here. Devin Leary looked like the quarterback that I watched at NC State. I mean, yes. and they were doing a lot of check down stuff, like quick throws, you know, five, seven yards to the back, to the tight ends. Uh, that was a really good game, by the way. Uh, but – I don't know. I'm, I think I'm going to roll Mississippi State at home here. I, I, I like them at night with the Cowbells. Uh, I thought Mike Wright played a pretty good game against Auburn last week. He uh, and, and that he's a guy that – he's an athletic kid. I mean, I, just, I think they need to run him a little bit more. But uh, I thought he played a good game. and I'm gonna, So, I'm going to roll with State at, 
at night at home. And I think it'd be, I think Mississippi State will finally score a few points. I, I look at like a 24, 20 games, something like that. Yeah, the Kentucky defense has been a disappointment this year. They're not where we usually expect that side of the ball to be with Kentucky. Now, let's get to what the main event will be on Saturday. Number 14, LSU at 6-2. and two, The my opinion, the best offense in college football. At number eight, Alabama, seven and one, five and one, five and zero oh in SEC play. Uh, that was a miss, me misspeaking big time there. Six forty-five on CBS. Alabama's a three-point favorite. The over/under is sixty and a half. Man, I'm gonna let you go first. I have struggled all week on who I think is gonna win this game because I want us. My I, a big part of me wants to just easily say Alabama, that home team revenge, but. LSU's offense, I mean, they're tough to stop. I don't think anybody can stop them. Well, I mean, FSU kind of did. Well, uh, you know, to that degree, but, you know. But that, but that was also the first game of the season. Uh, you know, Mickey Wingo, their defensive tackles out in this game for LSU, I think that's a big loss. Uh, I know they probably have some talent behind him, but, but Wingo's a good player. Uh, I think the key for Alabama in this game is slowing the game down. And not, not I think Alabama can score with anybody. I really do, but I think they want to limit LSU's possessions. And I also think they got to uh, they got to know where Perkins is, Harold Perkins is at all times, because one thing that Alabama has been a little suspect. Now they've gotten better over the last couple of weeks. One thing they've gotten been had trouble with is good pass rushers. Mm-hmm. So. But I, I like Alabama's receivers against uh, LSU's young secondary, too. So, with this game being at night, I, I like the kicking advantage I think you give to Alabama. Uh, I think Alabama gets it done. I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it might be a lower scoring game than people might think. Uh, but I'm, I'm going like Alabama 32 to 27, something like that. I am going to go with – the LSU Tigers to win this one, to go into Tuscaloosa and win because I think Alabama and they've they've not played a complete game. And if they come out like they did against AM and like they did against Texas, I mean Tennessee, you know, well even Texas too, early on, because we know good and well. Tennessee was up thirteen to zero. If that's LSU, Brian Kelly is at least going four to fourth down. We know that. I mean he is an aggressive coach. I just like what Jaden Daniels is doing. I mean, I think that offense on a mission, but you brought it up. Now, their defense is bad. I know that and that secondary is horrible, and there's no excuse for an LSU team to be this bad defensively. But Harold Perkins, as much as I talked about Jaden Daniels, he's the key for me because Alabama is getting – quarterback getting sacked four or five times a game this year. That's just kind of a given. I think if Harold Perkins has a huge game, I think that I think he will knock the ball out of Milrow's hand or force a bad pass because Milrow will give you some. And, to, and if LSU's got to take advantage of it, Jaden Daniels doesn't do that. He does not get careless with the football. That's why I think LSU. I think LSU's going to go into Tuscaloosa and they're going to upset Alabama and basically create a three-way tie in the SEC West between LSU, Alabama, and Ole Miss. Well, and one thing too about a good pass rusher, a really good pass rusher, they can affect a game. I yeah. mean, like strip sacks and then the other team scores, and it, it happens all the time. But I think one thing that you can do against a good pass rusher is throw over them mm-hmm. bring them up throw over them you know try to that way and if you can get them when they're coming up field coming up field now you're going over them kind of 
makes them pump the brakes a little bit about getting upfield. So that's that's one counter you can do to that. But I mean, it, it, it should be a fantastic game. I mean, it was last year, you know, and, and but I, I like Alabama at night. I just, I just that stadium is tough to win in at night. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. I think too, yeah. if it's a game in the twenties, that favors Alabama. But if it gets sure. into the thirties, then it becomes LSU's game. So we'll see how it goes on Saturday. Now we got about four games from Sunday. We're gonna get into real quickly. Now we got to get up early for this first one. The Dolphins at six and two at the Kansas City Chiefs, also six and two. 8.30 a.m., you can watch it on the NFL Network. Kansas City's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 50-and-a-half in this one. Miami has not played well against good teams. Everybody they've beaten has had a losing record. Or when they played the Bills and the Eagles, they were not as good. And to it, same as college, how my biggest criticism of him is you get him off the spot. If he gets out of rhythm, he's not as good. And Kansas City's coming off a bad loss to Denver. Yes. I, think, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to, come out despite taylor swift probably not being in germany on sunday i think they have a big day i kind of agree with you but i'm gonna go opposite of you here i, I like the dolphins i think they're i think they go out where is it germany frankfurt germany or somewhere like yeah. that uh but i think the dolphins get the win i think it's gonna be a good game I, the chiefs what happened last week i have no idea they got smoked by denver I know, but, uh, why, Denver, I know Denver, why they lost. I know why they Denver's, lost. Hey, Denver's playing a lot better, though, man. And Sean Payton, I, I think Sean Payton's one of the best coaches of all time. So, uh, and he's he's going to he's gonna get them back where they need to be. Taylor Swift wasn't there. That's why they lost. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think NFL fans are about tired of hearing her name. Yes, we are. We are. I didn't watch – when they played the Chargers a few weeks ago, I didn't watch the game solely for that reason. That was my only Taylor. reason I didn't watch. I just didn't feel like being, you know, showing the camera up there that many times. So I just kept up with it on my phone to score. It's, but almost anyway. like, it's almost like the NFL when it was like a big marketing plan because Travis Kelsey's on every commercial now as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what Aaron Rodgers called him because I'm trying not to keep any politicalness off. I love I love Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I am a Packers fan. He's not my quarterback anymore, but yeah, I'm still a big fan. What a dumb decision that was. Yeah, well, we, we're not going to jump into that uh, can of worms on this show. Uh, the four and four Vikings. Now we're going in twelve o'clock. We're back here on, uh, in the states. The four and four Vikings without Kirk Cousins will be at the four and four Atlanta Falcons, led by Taylor Heineke. Twelve o'clock Fox. Atlanta is a five point favorite. The over under is thirty seven and a half. Matt, you cover this team, so I'm going to let you. Uh, Jump on it first. Well, the interest this is an interesting move to Heineke, and he's always been a pretty good player. I, you know, he's been one of the better backups in the NFL, and every time he really gets some playing time, he seems like he sparks the team. Uh, I don't think anything's wrong with Desmond Ritter. Uh, I thought that, I think the decision was just to maybe give the team a spark last weekend. Uh, but Drake London's questionable for this game with a growing injury. That would be a big loss. Uh, Jaron Hall is the starter for the Vikings. He's a rookie from BYU. Uh, so, we're rookie quarterback starting for the first time in the NFL. It's always – you don't know what you're going to get. I think Atlanta's played pretty good defense defensively all year long, except for last weekend. So, 
I don't know, man. It just seems to me like Atlanta always plays really tight games. So I'll go. I'm, I'm, I think the Falcons get the win, probably by a touchdown, just because I, I don't. I, I don't know what to expect from the rookie quarterback. And I know they traded for Josh Dobbs Tuesday at the tread de- deadline, but I don't think he's going to be ready to play. Mm-mm. He won't be. Yeah, and then we don't expect the Will Levis situation here. Uh, because you know, because one, Justin Jefferson's not playing, so you don't have a DeAndre Hopkins situation to deal with in the secondary either. Uh, but yeah, I will, I, I will say. We'll say this, Jordan Addison, he's he's second to Tyreek Hill in touchdown receptions. He's playing and, well. You know, Kirk Cousins going out, he was second to Tua in passing yards and tied with Tua for touchdown passes. So that's a big loss. So uh both got Atlanta here. We may both agree on this next one. Uh the Bears, Justin Fields is not playing again, which I don't know, that might be a good thing for the Bears. Uh they're two and six playing at the four and four New Orleans Saints, who got a win last week. Over the Colts, they finally looked like the offense we kind of were expecting to see out of the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr had a big game. Uh, they are a seven and a half point favorite. The over under is 41. I just don't see the Bears doing much offensively. I think the Saints should win this one. Uh, I think they will win it comfortably. And yeah, like you said, they finally got some things going on offense. And it's crazy because I released DeAndre Hopkins last week and Michael Thomas last week on my fantasy teams, and they because oh. I've been waiting for them to go off, and then they finally go off when I cut them. So, so I'm gonna go with the Saints. I think they get it. That's a tough place to go in and win, man. Tough place to go in, and whatever's going on with Justin Fields, I have no idea. But Justin Fields should be playing over that kid they got playing right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Derek Carr last week was 20, uh, 19 27 for three ten for two touchdowns. Only got sacked one time. Taysom, Taysom Hill was their leading rusher with 63. And then, uh, yeah, Michael Thomas had a solid game. Uh, Rash- Rashid Shahid, three receptions, 153, and one touchdown. So he had a big game. So, yeah, the offense really just came alive for the Saints, and uh, they were scoring in red zone. Uh, well, and everybody that. scores against the Colts, too, so keep that in mind. That's true. That's true. I was trying to – was if, just in case we've got some Saints fans here in the, the Dothan Wagers area, I was trying to uh, – oh, I'm sure you do. Yeah, that's why we talk about the Falcons, the Titans, and the uh, the Saints a lot on here because those are kind of like the three teams a lot and the Dolphins because the history with Dan Marino and Tua. There's a, there, there's some there's some fans here, but uh, finally Tampa Bay three and four. They've lost three in a row. This team started three and one. They will be at the three and four Texans who lost to the Panthers last week. Who got their first win of the season? Uh, this will be a CBS game. The Houston Texans are a two and a half point favorite over under forty. I'm just I have no reason for it. I'm just gonna say Tampa Bay wins. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go opposite of you. I like Houston there at home. I think CJ CJ Stroud's playing good. Tampa Bay, man, they're just up and down. I, I just you don't know what you're gonna get out of them offensively either. So I'm gonna roll the the Texans to get it done. All right, so we uh we've got some uh opposite games here. Uh, we'll see how we do with the NFL and the college. Just uh, we're we're not doing a podcast if Alabama wins next week. Just gonna let everybody know that I am gonna take a week off to uh delete my wins. Nah, I'm just playing. Uh, I'll come back. I'll come back and take my medicine if uh if the Crimson Tide takes down the uh, the Bayou Bengals. But uh, Matt, uh, tell everybody about Phil Level Media. All the stuff going on over there. Yeah, man, we got college football previews, NFL previews. My Falcons versus Vikings preview will be up there, so check that out. Uh, MLB, which that could be over uh, this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, NBA, hockey, all kind of stuff. So go check it out, philllevelmedia.com. All right, everybody, go check it out, and uh, go check uh, all the stuff Matt's writing about. And Matt, I uh, look forward to talking with you again next week. All right, buddy, talk to you soon, man.
Remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSCC. The podcast is available over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. And you can email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com and check out all my written work over at Last Word on college football. Be back on Monday to recap the high school football weekend. We'll look back at the college football stuff as well. And then we'll break it all down. We got some pretty cool guests already lined up for next week. Anyways, until next time. Bye-bye.